This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman, Kellen Gersky, and Jacob Breck coming at you for another episode of Steelers Standard. The offensive line needs to be rebuilt for Ben Roethlisberger because we all know now Ben's coming back, took a huge pay cut to come back, and he wants to win. That means you got to keep him protected, and there are some holes to fill at that line position, most specifically at center. We've been talking about that a lot across all the podcasts here on Steelers.com. And today, the Cincinnati Bengals released B.J. Finney, an old friend of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and... It's been pretty popular, people saying the Steelers should bring him back very cheap to fill out depth that they need at the offensive line. It's a guy that's familiar with the system. You know that that's a popular thing, not just for the Steelers to do, but all across the NFL when you're trying to fill out your depth positions. Somebody that Ben Roethlisberger has also worked with in his career, so he'd be comfortable there. So B.J. Finney getting released from the Bengals made some noise in the Pittsburgh market today. Also, I don't think this is the first time that's going to happen there's going to be a lot of free agents over the next week that just get released from teams that are going to be really juicy for pittsburgh to kind of you know ponder if they would look good in the black and gold next year i mean i think that's going to be a theme really uh, we've illustrated that the cap a lot of teams are kind of uh stricken against the cap even more so this year than before because of you know everything that's going on the cap is down um so yeah i mean there is going to be a lot of teams that are going to cut guys i mean that happens every year anyways but even more so this year. And, um, you know, quickly about Finney, I think I, I mentioned that the Steelers should take a look at Finney a couple weeks ago um, as just another option, um, a cheap option. And, and I think he still would be a cheap option. Um, and I understand the idea that, yes, he is familiar with Ben Roethlisberger. He's familiar with the system, which are all positives. Um, and I think he's an upgrade over um, J.C. Hassenhauer because he has starting experience and, um, you know, Hassenhauer, if he's your backup, okay, you can live with that. But, um, you know, if it is B.J. Finney and Hassenhauer, that's not exactly a position group. not scaring group. many people. No, not that's not all. a position not group all. that I'm really super confident in. I mean, is it competent enough to get you through, like, to start a season? Sure, but the, that's going to be the weakest link on your offensive line, for sure, regardless of who ends up playing. And, oh, by the way, he just got cut from the Cincinnati Bengals, where he only played in six games, didn't start any games. And when he was, or well, six games in the season, I should say, he started with Seattle and Seattle cut him because he apparently was too fat and was overweight and was out of shape. So, um, and the same sort of thing happened when he got to Cincinnati and Cincinnati even put him on, on the pup list. I'm pretty sure um, the non-football related like mm. pup list. So is that the guy that you want to be taking over the center duties for the Steelers? Um, I don't know. I mean, when you put it like that, no. But he does have familiarity with the system, with Ben, with the Steelers, and, you know, he could lose that weight that he put on, of course. It's and hard, though. It, yeah, I mean, sure. And on top of that, you know, maybe he becomes a little bit more motivated because this is a familiar situation. He would be coming in probably to play right away. But with all that stuff I just laid out, just because he knows the system doesn't necessarily mean it's the best option. I think the only thing that he has going for him is is Ben could be in his corner, right? We always talk about Ben wanting to be the most comfortable uh, in any given day, and Ben's always most comfortable with guys he's he he's familiar with. And other than B.J. Finney playing with Ben Roethlisberger at 
times. Obviously, there was no consistency because he was the backup and behind Pouncey for Pouncey's entire time that he was there, or rather, B.J. Finney's entire time that he was on the Steelers because Pouncey was always there. So the only reason I could see B.J. Finney actually getting a deal is because of his familiarity with Ben. If he had never played with the Steelers before, I would not be sitting here saying, yes, the Steelers should, or whatever other team we'd be reporting for, we would be saying we should go out and sign B.J. Finney. The only reason we're talking about it is because he's played here before and Ben knows him. So it's it's definitely not the most intimidating tandem between B.J. Finney and, and Hassenauer, but because he's played here before, that's why we're talking about him. He's a familiar name, and that's what happens when you've played at places before. They're going to knock on your door, most likely, if, if you're available and you're not going to take uh, too much money out of that team's pocket. I think just because they signed Hassenhauer, they shouldn't sign B.J. Finney because, yeah. like you just said, it's basically like signing the same guy. Yeah. And honestly, I think any rookie that you draft in the first three rounds will probably be able to come in and have as much of an impact as B.J. Finney would, and he's going to be even cheaper than B.J. Mm-hmm. Finney's going to be. B.J. Finney's not going to break your bank, but no. still, you got Hassenhauer. Exactly. Yeah. you got Hassenhauer as that backup swing guy. Maybe you go draft a rookie. Maybe you go out and you sign a free agent if you get a little bit more extra cap space mm-hmm. cleared up through restructures or cap casualties, and you just get a guy that's on the market that you know is going to cost a little bit more money than a BJ Finney because BJ Finney's like shopping in the dumpster uh, <laughs> dive in Walmart. You know what I mean? When you got those movies that are like a dollar, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean what, that's where you're shopping at for the BJ Finney. Same with Hasbro too. That's what yeah. I was just going to say. Already you already got already shopped there, so let's go to the real section where the movies start costing maybe five, ten dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear you, and I think that's you know when I brought up Finney originally, what two or three weeks ago, whatever it was. Um, that was with the, that idea in mind that the Steelers probably don't have a lot of space to work with, and that was still when this deal with Ben Roethlisberger wasn't done yet, and now all of a sudden that move doesn't make as much sense. That move really uh, it doesn't make sense because, like we keep talking about, you already have that guy in, in Hassenhauer who's going to be a cheap option, who's going to be a backup. Um, is there that much of separation? I mean, Finney definitely has starting experience, so he has that. I don't think the last I heard about about Hassenhauer that he was fat and overweight and out of shape. So he does have that going for him. But you're right. Um, if it is going to be the f- the free agent route that the Steelers go to replace center, um, yeah, let's look in, in, in where the where the uh, the price starts to go up a little bit because you do have some more money that you can work with, which we didn't think we were having the last time we had this conversation. No, not at all. And Kellen, you said earlier it's it's the weakest position right now probably overall offensive defense so I agree uh, with the both of you it just doesn't excite me at all I mean sure it it won't cost you next to anything really or rather it would cost you next to nothing to bring this guy in but is it really even worth it at that point even I mean money spent is still money spent just because it's a little amount doesn't mean it's it's not insignificant at all Uh, so that money that you could be spending on on bringing in a guy like BJ Finney could just be the extra cherry on top that it, it costs to retain a guy like Mike Hilton or Joe Hayden or maybe even Bud Dupree. There are some centers out there, too, that are more attractive to me than B.J. Finney. Like I said, you got to spend a little bit more money. Sure. Corey Lindsley, who was a cap casualty of Green Bay early on in the offseason, 
he has a market value of around $10 million per year. So mm-hmm. that's a little steep, honestly. But that's a guy that started in the NFC Championship game last year. Only mm-hmm. 30 years old, too. Something that B.J. Finney never did was start. And oh, Actually, he might have. Did he end up starting in one of those playoff games? Playoff games? Honestly, I don't he could know. have with all the injuries the Steelers he go might, through. And, but, and they did yeah. move Finney around a little bit, too. But so. Corey Lindsley started on purpose in the <laughs> right, NFC right. Championship game Wasn't just last year. Yeah. Uh, Matt Skura from Baltimore. That's interesting. They could still re-sign. He's 28 years old. Uh, he's got a market value of around $9 million, but that's interesting. He played 15 games last year for them, started in 12 of them. Really great rushing offense, something that you hope the Steelers can go to. But the guy that I would circle if he doesn't come back is David Andrews from New England, who's got a market hit of around $7.1 million. You could even probably it's get that down cheaper, honestly, if – the market just isn't there for him because right. teams aren't going to Steelers aren't the only team that's in this boat where they don't have much money to spend this offseason. Right. There's uh, a lot. Other teams are in that same boat. So what was the number you said before we came on? The Saints are about right now, according to spot track, $58 million over the cap. Shoo. So they still have some work to do. Steelers are <laughs> Steelers are $8 million yeah, un- it, under the cap. Right it didn't now. look so good and it's still not great, but at but least it's, you're it's not 58 than, mil. Yeah, it looks yeah, a lot better, better now. We can talk about signing a David Andrews and it sure. can be realistic. Yeah. Now. So that's somebody that, you know, you don't have to sign on a one-year deal and have that cap hit be the all the eight million that you have because he's going to get around seven or eight million. You can sign him to a two or three-year deal, spread that cap out a bit because he's twenty-nine years old. I mean, that's a guy that can start at center for you for the next three yeah. seasons if you'd like to, and that also allows you flexibility if you can bring a guy like David Andrews in to take a center later in the draft and maybe he can develop a little bit. Or if he doesn't, you know that when David Andrews contracts up, if he fit, pans out. Hey, you have to go pick a center now early, first or second round, and you're back in this boat that you were in right yeah, now. But right. you're trying to win now with Ben. So when you're trying to kick the can down the road for the rebuild, maybe you bring in a veteran like that. And David Andrews is just a hypothetical. It could be Scurry, it could be Lindsley, it could be any one of these guys. It's not a great market, but there's names out no. there for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's some names out there. And those couple that we mentioned there, Andrews and Scurry, are really interesting. Both under the age of 32. Um, Andrews is 29, Skur is 28. Um, so that is encouraging there. Um, and you kind of mentioned, you know, if you do bring one of those guys in, you might have to kick down um, drafting a center. You Maybe you kick it to next year or the year after, whatever it is. Um, but that also allows you to, to address other holes that you might have. Um, the, and the one that keeps popping into my head, I know this isn't exactly where we're going, but this kind of goes along with it, is like, in my perfect world, if I'm the Steelers, I'm going to draft center, um, especially if you don't have one of these free agents. But if you bring in a free agent, all of a sudden you can address another need. You can address a tackle. You, you know what I mean? And, and then you have your tackle for the next four or five years, and then you can address center later. Um, so that's something that I'm sure that the Steelers are thinking about. It's like, what do you weigh more? Um, what do you want to give a free agent more? Do you want to bring in a free agent center so you can draft a tackle now? Or do you want to, you know, maybe sign a tackle or still even draft a tackle and bring two rookies in to play center and tackle for you? Um, Again, with all this money, these are conversations that we're able to have that we didn't think we would be able to have because of all this money that's been saved with Ben Roethlisberger. So, um, you know, the Steelers, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what they do um, in free agency because they have a lot more cap. I mean, I would... I don't know. If I had to pick one guy, the guy I'd go after is probably Skura just because he's got such a good yeah. running pedigree. You have to hope that the Ravens let him walk. Uh, they have around $24 million, $25 million in cap space, so they could definitely afford to bring him back. Uh, and also the same with David Andrews. The Patriots yeah. have uh, in like the 70s as far as cap space is concerned right now. So 
they're not hurting for cash. And with a market value of only around 7.1, that's a deal that the Patriots yeah. could easily deal out. And that's something that I just read on the internet. A lot of Patriots people feel like he's going to be a priority. So unfortunately, both those guys might be a pipe dream. And the one guy that is available for sure, Corey Lindsley, is the most or, or, ex- right, or is Lindsley. the most expensive one. Yeah. Now get out of here, Finney. Finney's yeah. not in the class with these three guys. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like I, I thought that's where you were going. Was that Finney would be the only one left? But um, I mean, David Andrews played in the Super Bowl for God's sakes. Two right. of them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I understand that. And and I mean, if both these guys are gone, like we said, these are all hypotheticals and. Free agency a lot of time is hypotheticals, and it is, uh, can we get this guy, can we not get this guy? But when you're dealing with teams that have more cap space than you, which both the Patriots and and the Ravens do by a considerable margin. You can catch the Patriots, though, with making some cuts and some restructures. Sure, sure. Or the Ravens, did I say the Ravens? No, you said the Patriots. Patriots. You can catch the Ravens. We knew what you meant. Can't catch the Patriots. No, you're not going to catch I mean, you're only got about what? You're only about 20 or 15 behind the Ravens right now, so... 15, 20 million. So, yeah, 15, 16, something so, like that. So, I mean, you can catch them. But, yeah, um, when you're dealing with teams that have more cast space than you, these, you know, these guys that we keep bringing up, yeah, they might be pipe dreams sometimes. Let's not count out Skura, I think, a thousand percent because I think the Ravens, uh, with the limited space that they have, I mean, they have bigger names to, to keep compared and, to the Patriots. And Gakwe is the and big Gakwe one. And and even Matt Judon. I mean, I'm not sure where they stand on him. And, there's rumors that Mark Ingram won't be a Raven. I don't know if that's going to be if that's for certain. So there you go. But I mean, they're going to spend the money on Ngakwe and Judon most likely. So maybe Skura could be available to yeah. the Steelers. I don't know. But yeah, likely it's the Patriots know what they're going to do, and and they're kind of going to be off the table in terms of getting a deal done with their guys. But I wouldn't entirely count out with the Ravens just because they have bigger names to to take care of. The Ravens transitioned to Patrick McCarry a lot as a starting center last year, and he's 23 years old. So maybe yeah, they have a, maybe Skurr a will younger be option out there. But the problem with Skurr is he's 28 years old and he's already lost his job, and now they're trying to bring right. in another younger option. So even though he might be affordable, do you really want to take a flyer on a guy like that, or do you just want to trust one of these rookies that you're eventually going to draft in? This draft class, because you all assume that you're going to take a center at some point in this class, and the class honestly isn't deep enough to take one in the first round. So you're looking mm-hmm. at a second, third, or fourth round for your center. So it's a very tough spot that they're in because of Marquise retiring. And, you know, great for Marquise. You got to walk away right. from the game when it's time to walk away from the game. But man, I really wish he didn't. I wish he would have yeah. come back this year. It'd have given you another year to figure out what you wanted to do at center. Draft another center. Right. And it would have Hassenhauer come back. And now all of a sudden, that's a strength position. You yeah. Three deep at that position. Two guys, the rookie that could swing out to guard and Hassenhauer can too. So it just puts you in a tough spot. And for. Just retirement sake, Vance McDonald retirement puts you in a tough spot too. Yeah, position it does, and and we've talked about tight end a lot, and, and the Steelers are super thin there, but they're super thin at both positions that both guys retired at, mm-hmm. center and and uh, tight end. But um, yeah, you kind of wish that Pouncey didn't retire in hindsight because now the Steelers are kind of in this situation of what do you do? Do you bring in a free agent? Do you bring in a um, you know a rookie? And the more and more we talk about this free agent pool. I think I would be just okay with drafting a, a center in the second round and saying, you're our guy. I mean, you don't ever really want to throw a rookie into the fire, but it's what you got to do sometimes. If, if that's the, you know, if that's all you can do and that's the best option you have, throw them in the fire, let them learn trial by fire and, and see what happens. I, the more and more we talk about this, 
I think that's the way I would lean if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers. You wouldn't have to worry about you know paying um, a free agent and a, a guy that may be a little bit older. You can bring in a, a young rookie option that you know might be better than those guys already. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of set that up for the past couple of weeks, a couple of months that we've been talking about it, that we we know the Steelers are prepared to go and use the draft to their advantage in terms of rebuilding that that offensive line as a whole, not just the the center position, but also in the guards and tackles. But yeah, I mean, I think Helen's spot on just because if you're if you're gonna go out and spend the money, right, you don't wanna do it on a piece like uh B.J. Finney, who's not going to really add much. I mean, you would prefer guys who are going to make an impact, and if you can't afford guys who can make an impact, you know, you're going to spend the money you need to on rookies that you're going to anyway, so why not just do that instead? So I agree. Looking at another position on the offensive line, the tackle position, I think now that the Steelers have a lot of money, I think it makes a lot of sense to re-sign Matt Filer and try to move him back to that tackle spot, have him play right tackle, opposite a banner at left tackle. All of a sudden, You've got Filer, you've got Banner at the tackle spots, you've got Dotson, and you've got DeCastro at the guard spots. And then That's have, a much more yeah. comfortable line to break in a rookie center if you have to break in a rookie center, whereas do you really want to break in a rookie tackle and a rookie center mm-hmm. on a line where you're already kind of breaking in uh inexperienced player in Kevin Dotson, who's only going to be the second year, and Zach Banner, who was the starter technically last year, but and the, re- and the reason, rem- remind you, that Filer moved in on the line because right. Zach Banner won the right tackle yeah. starting job. Now you swing Zach Banner over towards where Big Al was at the left side and put Filer back at right tackle. I-, I like that offensive line a little bit more than, you know, it's funny. As we work our way through the offseason slowly but surely, things that looked a lot darker and grimmer start to look a lot brighter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not saying that they're great. But the cap situation looked like dire straits, and that seems to be figuring itself out nicely. And the offensive line situation, again, with the money being freed out, up, Matt Filer coming back and moving to tackle, that's a lot of experience at that offensive line, if you will. Mm-hmm. You can use that term loosely, though. Just maybe comfortability is a better term. Real Familiarity. Quick. And yes. Real quick, just to yes. – can you go through that line, like, top to bottom so we know exactly what like, like what we're working with? You laid out if Filer. If Filer comes yeah, back. Yeah, Filer I does come back. you Filer at the right tackle. Then yeah. you go with uh, DeCastro at the right side, correct? Yeah, yeah. At the right, I think. And then the left guard, Dotson. Either way, DeCastro and you, uh, yeah. Dotson at the guard, left tackle, Banner, and then – one of your centers being Skura, being David Andrews. Yeah. Whoever, player to be named later. Player to be named later, definitely not Hassenhauer, who, if we had to suit up and play a game tomorrow, if we were the Pittsburgh Steelers, Hassenhauer would be the guy snapping the football right now. So, Do you want to go through this if Filer isn't brought back? Well, I then mean, you, you have would to just, look at a rookie yeah. at the tackle, or is Chooks ready or to make Chooks, that step? One or the other. Aren't you more comfortable with Filer? Filer cost $3.259 million last year on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his market value is right now, but I can't imagine it's more than $5 million. And yeah, that's I mean, something that I think is worth investing in over Chooks right now. And then Chooks can be the guy that's just the swing guy. Because yeah. you you can't expect Filer and Banner, if they are your starters, to make it an entire season. Right. And, and I mean, you have to have that depth there. So, you know, I understand I understand that thinking. And, and if, if that cap hit or if that market value isn't too high for Filer, I suppose that's – 
you know, a good move. And then you have Chooks that can still play the swing tackle and still play his role. And oh, by the way, if somebody does go down, God forbid, you have a, a guy that can play, uh, you know, the tackle position. You need the offensive line to be deep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I like that offensive line, um, you know, from top to bottom. And to be honest with you, there's still um, there's still some, I don't want to say, you know, I guess question marks are probably the best way to put it. Um, because Banner, you know, albeit he, he was the, supposed to be the starter last year, he is still a question mark um, because he didn't play much last year. I think I think Dotson's more proven, much more proven now than we thought at this point last season. Um, and DeCastro too has a lot to prove. I don't think he's a question mark by any stretch. But there, that that offensive line sounds good, but it's not the best um, line I've ever heard. There's still definitely some uh, question marks that need addressed. But again, if, every guy that you've named. We we've said good things, but there's reason to sure. to be skeptic about all of them. Right, and, and and again, like we like I said, if DeCastro takes a step back, then oh my God, you need a guard, whatever right. it is. Exactly. Um, and on top of that, if the center you bring in isn't what you think he's going to be, that line doesn't look as good anymore, and, and it's kind of an oblique moment for the Steelers. Um, then you're really screwed off from an offensive standpoint because you need this offensive line to be as good as they possibly can be to keep Ben upright and hopefully to make holes for the new running back that you bring in. Yeah, I mean, every football team can agree that the backbone of the offense is through the offensive line, and that's just something the Steelers haven't had to worry about. They've had consistency. They've had guys familiar with Ben Roethlisberger and familiar with the organization, and they were one of the best units, not just on the offensive line, but one of the best units across the field uh, on any team. And it was really just kind of... uh, a safety net for the Steelers to not have to worry about it. And now just with the one retiring of Marquise Bouncy, it's kind of led the Steelers into almost a, a free fall of, oh, bleep, what are we going to do at each position? Because even though we've laid out the names and we've said, okay, it wouldn't look bad if this is it, but we still have our, our questions, our skepticisms about each of these guys. If you wanted to look at the free agent market for a right tackle other than Filer, uh, Daryl Williams and Taylor Mountain, uh, from Buffalo and the latter from Carolina, those two are the top-name guys. Mountain is expected to make around $14 million on the market this year. He's really good. He's 27 years old. So even if Carolina was going to let him walk or if they bring him back, that's a little too rich for the Steelers' blood right now. That'd be like going out and trying to sign Trent Williams to play your left tackle. So little too rich there, and with Darrell Williams, he's due to around make $7 million. Buffalo's probably going to run it back with him. I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't. So those two guys aren't going to be on the market. Filer's got a lot of experience, kind of the opposite of the B.J. Finney thing, where yeah. you know mm-hmm. Finney's just kind of come back and move because he's familiar. Filer is familiar, but he's also got a lot of experience playing that tackle position, playing that tackle position well. And you have to wonder if maybe his regression and the – reason why he's going to be more affordable is because they moved him inside and he kind of played a little poorly and now maybe his market value is a little bit decreased whereas if he played this last year completely a tackle played really well continued to improve like they saw in 2019 who knows what filer would cost and who knows maybe he's up in that daryl williams uh, range where it's could be a little richer he's you know talked about in the same vein as can you even afford to bring this guy back right i mean it might be a little bit of a blessing for the steelers that that did happen and i i think you know the more and more we look at it i think bringing filer back is a great option um and on top of that he doesn't sound like it's going to be super super um 
you know, expensive for, for the team. And I don't think that really matters that much anymore because of the, the cap space that they're able to stay with Ben. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it were me, um, the more and more we talk about it, I suppose that's the offensive line I would go with and I would make it a priority to bring Matt Filer back because at the end of the day, too, he is versatile. He can play, um, uh, you know, a couple different positions. You can move him around if need be. So I, I think that's uh, that's a position of need. That's a guy of need, more importantly, for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about his versatility, Kellen, I mean, he was the swing guy for the Steelers last year. And you're hoping, uh, kind of going a little off subject from just focusing on, on the offensive line, but you're hoping with the Matt Canada offense that he'll actually be used for that for that particular reason, you you hope that uh, with the the re- with the utility that he had last year, that it could it could help him uh, kind of expand this Matt Canada offense's capabilities a little bit. So it's it's not the it's not the most roaring endorsement for for Filer to say that oh that he was here and he was the guy that made the move pre snap. Uh, for the Steelers whenever they did do it, even though they did it on probably, what, 2 or 5% of the snaps the entire last year. But as we're, as we've been saying this entire show, that we're looking for reasons to give these guys compliments because right now we're just kind of treading on thin thin ice here with, with all these names. So any reason that you could be optimistic about any of them, you know, we'll take it. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, we are going to look in the dra- into the draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we are going to go round by round. They got nine picks. We're going to look at all those picks and talk about what position group we would take with each of those picks for the Steelers. They got a potential to fill out a lot of depth in this draft. So we'll do that on the next episode. So definitely tune in for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Steelers Standard on SNR or for checking out the podcast at Steelers.com. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.